This podcast is sponsored by FAT, F-A-T-T, a range of keto on-the-go snacks, including cookies, brownies, chocolate bites, bars, fat jacks, and muffins. Fat snacks are delicious, natural, and always free from sweeteners, fillers, and seed oils. Find fat snacks at www.livefat.com. That's L-I-V-E-F-A-T-T dot com. Use the code FABULOUSLY10, that's one zero, to give an extra 10% off one-time purchases. Not valid on subscribe and save. Welcome to the Fabulously Keto podcast aimed at improving health, vitality and quality of life. Eating real food in a ketogenic lifestyle. I'm Jackie Fletcher and I'm based in the UK. And I'm Louise Reynolds, an Aussie currently based in Bangkok, Thailand. Each week we will be bringing you guests who share their stories and discuss a range of topics which we hope will improve your health and well-being. Many of the guests, like us, came to Keto for Weight Loss and have stayed for their well-being, numerous health benefits and because they are living their best lives. We hope you will be inspired to incorporate these ideas into your own health journey so that you can feel better than you ever have before. Thinking about starting keto? Take a listen to episode number two, What is Keto and How to Start? Welcome to episode 179 of the Fabulously Keto podcast. And today I'm interviewing Annika Strandberg-Schmidt. Annika was introduced to me by Tia Reid. And I've been on Annika's YouTube channel. And today Annika is going to share her story with you. So let me tell you a little bit about Annika. So let me tell you a little bit about Annika. Annika Strandberg-Schmidt is a sugar addiction therapist HMA certified and sugar licensed and certified by Bitten Jonsson. She is an author, instructor and conscious breathing certified in relapse prevention therapy by Senapse Corporation and has a YouTube channel where you can find inspiration and knowledge. Annika is a tutor in Bitten Jonsson's sugar training. Annika specializes in children and sugar. She has released a book called and I'm not going to say it in Swedish because I have no idea of the Swedish translation so we'll go for the English small sugar bombs and adult children where she teaches about sugar addiction and gives hand-on advice on how to make changes related to food together with your children and being a parent and recovering sugar addict her hope is to provide support for parents so that they can make the change they themselves are ready to do and find ways to support young people who want to make changes and live a healthy life. Annika says, I live on a dairy farm in the western part of Sweden together with my husband and children. I am passionate about teaching about good food and the way we produce it. Meat is not a burden to our planet. I have a lot of experience working with children and parents related to sugar addiction and I've been working in the field since 2010. I have a recovery story of my own as I started my journey in 2006. My children were small, which made me do all the research on children and sugar, food, parenting and recovery that ended with me writing the book. 
The book is only available in Swedish so far. My children were born in 2002, 2004 and 2009 and only the youngest still lives at home. I have a first-hand knowledge of how LCHF, low-carb, high-fat and keto lifestyle can cure deep depression and how removing sugar, flour, sweeteners and carbs can make your spirit soar, your body and brain healthy, functioning, strong and thriving on your right fuel mix. I have experience from guiding approximately 400 clients with making food plans, biochemical repair, relapse prevention, recovery plans and motivational sessions. Let's hear from Annika. Welcome, Annika, to the Fabulously Keto podcast. It's fabulous to have you with us today. Thank you. And we always start with where in the world are you? Well, I'm in Sweden, in the western part of Sweden. It's a small county called Värmland. Say that again. <laughs> it's Värmland. Värmland. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's close to the Norwegian border, actually. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. And have you always lived there or have you moved? You your- know, I've uh, I've moved, but only uh, how far is it? Is it 100 kilometers or something? No, t- uh yeah, 100 kilometers, because I lived even closer to the Norwegian border when I was a little girl. <laughs> oh, okay. I, so, I've never yeah. been to Sweden yet. No? Because it's cold, but I'd love to go. I'd love yeah, to go. it's cold. <laughs> so um, it's very cold here in the UK at the moment as we're recording. We've got, I think, zero degrees or something, which is quite unusual for this time of year. Okay, yeah, but here, here it's getting cold. Right today, it's only like uh, minus three uh, Celsius, but uh, the other week and the coming weekend, it will be about minus 15 or something. I'm not looking forward to that. (laughs) (laughs) And that's not as cold as in the northern parts of Sweden. So I'm happy to live here in the middle. (laughs) (laughs) So why don't we start by you telling us about your journey and how you came to keto and um, how you found it and what led you to it? Oh, it's a long story. So I hope we have a lot of time. <laughs> we have all the time that you want. <laughs> well, it's great. Well, uh, I'm a sugar addict in recovery now, nowadays. And uh, I think that uh, I was born an addict. Uh, and and sugar and sweeteners and flour and uh, all that stuff was my drug of choice since I was a little girl. I can remember when I was three years old, having I was eating so much Easter candy, I almost uh, threw up. And that's a fun story in my family because they keep telling it and saying, oh, she ate so much and she wasn't, it was so cute, you know, and such a funny thing that I was eating so much, I was getting ill. Um, but th- that really, uh, you know, eating that much sweets and, and everything, of course, affected the way I was feeling, both mentally and physically. I wasn't very overweight, but I had the feeling that my body was really swollen and I wasn't feeling, uh, I, I didn't enjoy my, my, my body moving and so on because I always felt that I wasn't good enough or looking good enough and I didn't feel like I was strong and, and healthy. <clears throat> but it was actually when I turned um, 
I think it was 15, 14, 15, some, somewhere that age, teenage, uh, of course, when I really started, uh, I decided that I wanted to lose weight and I got, uh, and I got help to start, um, a, a Weight Watchers program. And uh, that's where my, my journey really, really, really started with losing weight and, uh, of course, losing too much weight. So at that time, uh, I think that you would have called me anorectic, really, because I I wasn't uh, I wasn't healthy at all, and uh, my period didn't uh, come regularly and everything. So I was really not nourished. I was getting very thin and, and unhealthy, and at the same time, I was exercising a lot, but not feeling the joy of moving my body it was more like a punishment. Since mm. if I'd been eating too much, I'd go out and 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 run and, and uh, exercise and doing stuff. So um, I did that for a while. And then I actually went on a journey to Canada with my grandmother to visit some relatives. I, I came with her to to translate, actually, because, uh, yeah, we met some relatives and she wasn't speaking uh, um, English or, or German. Um, our relatives are from Germany. And uh, when we were in Canada, I was I kept exercising, but I was also starting to eat because I couldn't I couldn't uh, hide from the people we were staying with. So I started to eat and that kind of, uh, you know, I fell off the wagon and I was eating. Uh, and that's where my my volume addiction really started because I wanted to eat so much and I couldn't stop. So from then on, I really had the jojo dieting that people talk about, you know, losing weight, exercising, looking good, and then falling off the wagon and, and gaining weight and feeling uh, unhealthy and, and being unhealthy in general. So this was the journey. And the, the more the more yo-yo dieting I did, the, the, um, the worse my, my mental health became. Mm. So from that age, from, say, 15, 16, up until I was approximately, well, how old was I? 2006. <laughs> anyway, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I can't, I don't remember. Uh, but anyway, I, un until I, I had met my, my uh, husband, we were new newly married. We had two little kids, wonderful, a boy and a girl. We had bought a house and started to do some work on the house and we started to build you know we had two two cows and some chickens and everything and from outside everything looked happy and uh one night I was sitting at the kitchen table and writing my suicidal letters for my kids and my husband because I didn't want to live anymore yeah. it was all about eating not eating losing weight gaining weight uh I, it was all you know the mental obsession about this it's it was so totally uh overwhelming and it was owning my life you know i was just surviving at that point of my life and mm -hmm. as i said from outside everything looked so so happy and so perfect kind of but as I was sitting there, I realized that I had read a book about uh, changing the way I was eating. At that point, I thought it was eating, you know, gluten free uh, and get rid of the gluten. But then I was like, OK, I'll just I'll just try that, you know, for at that point, it was about surviving. So I picked up the book and it was a book by uh, 
Kathleen de Masson, is that I don't know how, how I pronounce the name, but it was um, called Potatoes, not Prozac. Okay. And uh, no, but the, uh, it, it's more than 17 uh, years ago, something. Yeah. And anyway, uh, she was really into, at that time, it was still carbs, you know, on, on the food plan, so to say, but that, that was, it was slow carbs, you know, the brown stuff and everything. But anyway, I started reading it and I realized it wasn't only about eating gluten-free, it was about cutting out sugar and sweeteners and everything. So that's how my journey started. So for a couple of years, I was, uh, you know, getting to know about sugar addiction and what that really is. I, I got in contact with uh, uh, Bitten Johnson, who who work here in Sweden, and she's a wonderful lady. How did um, you find her? Uh, I found her book, really, the first uh, the first book. And uh, I asked her to do, uh, well, at that point, it wasn't a sugar, but, you know, the assessment that you do to find out if you have an addiction or not. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I called her. And uh, at that point, we didn't have Internet or anything, you know. So for me, I was I remember I was so nervous. I was shaking, you know, because there was a phone number in the book. And I was like, ah, you know, just shaking. And it wasn't because I, I understood that something was that this was really it, so to say. It was so it was so uh, kind of touching my soul. I knew that this was a, a thing that I needed to do something about, and that this might be my way. As that I knew something big would happen if anything happened. Mm. And um, we got in touch, and she did the assessment, and of course, I had an addiction. Yeah. And from then on, I was um, I was sure I, I just had the the results and I was sure that I was going to uh, use her book and eat by the book and uh, change nothing else. So that's what I did for a year. And then I had a relapse and I almost uh, well, I was at the same point, actually, as when I was sitting at, at the table a, a year earlier. And then I got help from from. Um, I asked for help. I, I went to 12 steps meetings and then I got help from the social service here in my area. Uh, and, and I'm the only one actually who got help for my sugar addiction here in this area. Um, uh, and really, you know, going to treatment. Yeah. I, I got a, I got a week at uh, Bitten Johnson's place, uh, a course that she was having then. And then I went to, uh, the social service treatment for 10 weeks and then one year after that I went once a week to to remain in recovery and I also had uh, another week together with Bitten Johnson and uh, this combination of getting so much knowledge about ad addiction and uh, the way that that I could you know handle life without eating and that combination was was absolutely fabulous. And it was actually when I came to Bitten, she just started, she had just learned, you know, about, about low carb. Um, and she, so that's when I cut out all the, uh, all the, uh, all the carbs, actually. Well, I not all because I was still eating uh, vegetables, obviously, and also uh, like carrots and, and underground 
um, as well. But but yeah, that's when I that's when my my low carb journey started, and from that it's only I mean um, it's a journey to get to know your body, how you feel when you eat and uh, certain things, and how you react. And for me also, it's always addiction first because when I'm having a food plan, I can't look for you know even if I was for religious reasons uh, supposed to eat or not eat something I would have to look for what can I eat because of my addiction at first that's my first um, that's my first question when I when I'm having something so uh, um, but the I think the last five years or something I've been uh, into keto and also doing the uh, the the what is it measuring ketones and, and blood sugar mm-hmm. and yeah. counting uh, macros uh, and everything so really dived into it but I, I think it was good for me not to start with that when I was new in in recovery because that can also very easy uh, become an obsession <laughs> yeah yes you yeah just swap one obsession with another yeah for sure so can I go back? Can we go back in your journey? So when you said you were anorexic, were you really anorexic? Did you have to get medical help or were you just no. on anorexic? No, I, I didn't get, uh, I didn't need help. It was actually my mother telling that people in school noticed that I didn't, didn't eat any uh, any lunch uh, because here in Sweden we have, uh, they, we, they serve food uh, in school. Mm-hmm. So they make sure everyone have. And she said that people notice that I'm not eating any anything. I was just, you know, skipping the, the food uh, all over. So uh, I didn't get any any medical treatment. I think I would have maybe I wasn't anorectic. So t- so I would have needed like, you know, uh, um, being hospitalized but I think that I would have benefited from having that that someone really saw this besides my 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 mother really because you would call it today you would probably call it an eating disorder Mm -hmm. if you wouldn't know it was an addiction yeah yeah and then when you went to Canada and you said you were eating do you think at that point it was maybe your body saying having started to eat is now feed me feed me you, you know it's craving food now yeah yeah and also i mean it wasn't like i was eating uh, meat or vegetables it was uh you know um pop- popcorn dipped in in uh, chocolate and drinking sodas and uh you know all kinds of crazy stuff so I mean, when I look at the receptors in my uh, in my brain, it was it was all uh, addict food, you know, okay, addictive yeah. food, and and uh, what I ate started even more craving. But also, I mean, like you say, I I'd been starving myself for so long, so my body and brain was probably just screaming for whatever, you anything. Know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sure. I guess if you're not at that age, if you're not giving yourself nutrition as in protein and fats as well as the carbs um your body's crying out for protein and fat and then that's pushing you to eat more yeah yeah 
And you, yeah. we, we look for it in the fake foods and in the sugar laden foods. Cause I know myself, I used to eat lots of bread and pasta and potatoes mm-hmm. and, and my body probably wasn't particularly hungry per se, except it needed nutrition. It needed protein. Yeah. 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 Yeah, exactly. And uh, since my brain uh, didn't have any kind of nutrition I kept looking for whatever I could find like you said so I I think that's that's a point of view also that it's not nutrition it's just empty things calories yeah (laughs) Yeah, empty calories yeah 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 I definitely lived on empty calories for a long time yeah so did I (laughs) you know my favorite when I was uh, uh before when I moved in with my husband before we were married and everything I my my uh, way of uh, cooking it was kind of uh, putting uh, um, you know hot sandwiches uh, having sandwiches and having some meat maybe meat on top and some cheese and that was my way of cooking or making pancakes or whatever so I was really a bread person I could eat lots lots of bread yeah. so that was my when I that when I had made you know like pancakes or waffles or th- this hot sandwiches or whatever I, I had really been cooking you know that was my way of thinking of it because I had turned the oven on or heated something on the stove so so that really also is a part of or was or still is a part of my journey to learn how to cook it it was I knew how to uh, you know uh, make boiled potatoes and 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 fry some eggs or you know the basic stuff but not really cook not cook meat or making you know good good nutritious meal meals i couldn't do that yeah and i hate the vegetables <laughs> yeah. i don't eat vegetables i'm not that <laughs> i just don't eat them at the moment no so um that night when you sat there and you were writing your letters yeah what stopped you from actually following through what what was the trigger that you I mean you probably could have just as easily ended your life what was the trigger that stopped you doing that to be honest with you I really don't know and that's when I'm looking you know something gave me the thought about this book that I had bought many years before and when I'm thinking back, I'm thinking, oh, I probably, uh, maybe I didn't want to die. I just didn't want to live anymore. You know, if you understand the... Yeah, there's a difference, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, I love my children. I love I love my husband. And uh, I wanted to build a life I had, I had when I, because I wasn't suicidal all the time, you know. So I think, um, but sometimes I'm thinking that maybe that was my higher power telling me something, yeah. kind of, yeah. That's really powerful, isn't it? It but- is. It is. And also, I mean, from from then on, all the small pieces that fell together that I got help from the social service, that they paid the the um the treatment both with bitten and also uh, allowed me in their 
uh, recovery or their treatment together with alcoholics and and um, other drug uh, other drugs. I was the only one who had a sugar addiction, and from that, I also learned so much about addiction. And I really realized in uh, in my heart that addiction is addiction. It doesn't matter if it's sugar, if it's alcohol, if it's heavier drugs or sex or whatever. So I'm so grateful, you know, that I had that opportunity and that I'm still alive because I wouldn't have been if I if I had I, if I if I didn't have that voice telling me to read the book, mm-hmm. if I wouldn't have had the combination from, you know, going with learning from Bitten and the other help that I got from the social service. And if they hadn't allowed me to have a treatment because I was only a sugar addict, I mean, there are so many, if not that that's coming together and I wouldn't, I wouldn't have been alive if I wouldn't have had that. Yeah. I'm getting goosebumps when I'm saying, yeah, it was meant to be. (laughs) So do you think um, in your area that there were, there was no one else doing sugar addiction because people didn't recognize it or didn't know about it? Or, you know, what do you think was going on there? Was it just was it just the higher powers moving to put you in the right place at the right time? Well, I think uh, I know that there was one woman who was, uh, you know, around. She wasn't in treatment, but she was also talking about sugar addiction, that she had problems with the food. But, I mean, at that time... No one talked about sugar addiction, really. It was only, you know, um, that you you're not strong enough to uh, to uh, what's the word to to uh, um, abstain. Uh, it was just about willpower and everything, you know, to 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 go on diets and everything. No one had the knowledge about sugar addiction, really. Yeah. And also at that time when we started doing the low carb here in Sweden, it's, yeah, like I said, it's 17 something years ago. And when I came home and had learned about low carb, I couldn't, I mean, people thought I was crazy. And I I had, you know, on the radio, they were talking about this new crazy low carb diet and people were dying from it. And, you know, they were, it was really uh, I couldn't listen to the radio because I was so scared. You know, I, I was sure I was going to die, but I thought that, okay, otherwise I, I, I'll kill myself or I'll eat myself to death, you know? So I'm just trying this new way and and, and I'll see if I'll survive, you know? Yeah. And um, uh, after 17 years, I'm still alive. So I keep doing that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and did you have... Did you have any other addictions going on at that time? Not that I knew about. (laughs) But, you know, uh, you have the uh, addiction interaction disorder. I I haven't won. I I haven't met one client, including myself. I'm not my own client, but that that only had one outlet. But it was really sugar and and food that was my drug of choice. But also, I mean, I was... Uh, a tra- training or exercising and I, I didn't do that in moderate uh, uh, moderate ways uh, I was really hurting myself with exercise as well yeah, it's not until now you know the last one and a half year that I've started to exercise again and I love it 
I I'm actually enjoying my my body for the first time in my life now you know just seeing I'm I'm having muscles and enjoying moving and so on and that's amazing uh it's still I'm still getting miracles in my life it's wonderful <laughs> excellent so what sort of exercise <clears throat> exercising are you doing well now I'm uh, mainly uh, lifting weights mm-hmm but also I'm I've started jogging and uh, now it's snow outside so I I'm trying to find a place where I can go on treadmill or something because I want to keep keep it going during the winter. Yeah. I know a lot of people do it in the snow but I'm not very fond of that. Yeah. So, <laughs> I'm looking for a way to solve it. I I only have a, a treadmill that I can that it, I can choose, you know, like a program and, and uh, it's a very cheap one. Uh, so actually I use it for my dog. So I'm afraid I'll I'll kind of break it if I'm jogging too too long on it. <laughs> can, you, can you get on with the dog? Can you both run on it? <laughs> uh, no, it's too short, but I would love that, you know, to do that. <laughs> it's you have to a buy small, a dog one. one. You can yeah, run, yeah. Side so I can side. run beside me, yeah. <laughs> so mainly jogging and weightlifting yeah and then of course I'm doing a lot of walking with with uh, my dog or yeah my dogs we have two dogs so approximately or I I want it to be approximately one and a half hour uh, from one and a half up to two hours walking every day every day yeah when I'm when it's the way I want it (laughs) sometimes it's nothing because I don't uh, because my my daughter is doing that or and sometimes it's uh, up to two hours so but that's my goal I want it to be at least one and a half hour every day excellent that's more that's more uh that's not an obsession for me it's more like I want my dogs to to be healthy (laughs) if you understand the difference it's not like I'm obsessing about it it's just that I I I want to give them that because they give me so much. <laughs> and so do you do that all in one go or do you split it up throughout the day and do uh, it? It's different from time to, uh, from day to day, depending on uh, how much time I have and when I have had the opportunity and so on. Today we had one and a half hour because I knew I was quite busy in the evening. So, but then my, my daughter, uh, actually she's out now doing the, the last short walk because they really had a good one in, in the, in the, in the morning. Uh, the best the best for them of course is to split it so they have two th- or three walks during the day but it's not uh, it's not every day that I have that time so yeah yeah but good that you're making the time yeah yeah one go or three goes you, you know you're doing it which is great yeah yeah and that's a, that's a feeling and that's uh, it's a thought because uh, like I said I'm not very fond of the cold and and the snow but still, it doesn't matter. I just have to put on some more clothes and, and go go outside. And when I'm outside, you know, I can really feel like uh, it's a blessing and that I'm so proud of myself really doing it because I'm, I'm you know, I'm doing it even if I don't want to do it, you know. And that's ma- that makes me kind of proud of myself. And I think it's a good feeling just ah, I'm doing it, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So... Then you, I'm guessing you then at some point trained with Bitten. Yeah, I did after, uh, well, now it's, let me see, it's 14 years ago that I, I went to 
educate myself to be uh, an uh, addiction therapist. And then Bitten was uh, kind of uh, in charge of the education. And then I started, after I was an addiction therapist, I started to specialize specialize in sugar uh, at Bitten's uh, Swedish version of the HMA that she's having now, holistic um, addiction medicine. And so I had that training and also I did the uh, the training for uh, for sugar, for doing the evaluation, if you have an addiction or not. And uh, I was, you know, um, in the first year in my in my recovery, I was reading a book uh, about kind of self-esteem. And I was told to write write down three dreams that I had, you know. And I was writing, you know, I, I almost was afraid to write it, but I was writing, someday I would love to work with Bitten, you know. And I was almost, you know, I couldn't, I couldn't almost write it because it was so, it was so far away. But now I'm tutoring in her uh, sugar education and I'm one of the um, lecturers in her education, the HMA education. And so that's also today I it's it's a it's an everyday um thing and then it was a dream so it's it's amazing <laughs> when I really think about it and look back it's like wow you know it's it's wonderful you obviously have a good connection with the higher powers <laughs> yeah when I'm doing my my job I I have <laughs> I have that <laughs> so for the listeners if anybody wants to listen to Bitten Johnson that was um episode 011 and in episode 166 where I spoke to Anna Fruling um actually on the show notes we've got a um she gave us a sugar um mm. outline so people could go and have a look at that and see what it looks like it's great great yeah Yeah. they can go and have a look yeah so now you're helping bitten but i think you do a lot of work with children is that how do parents know because they've been giving them the sugar i guess how do they know that they children have an addiction well that's kind of a problem you know because you're not allowed to put the a diagnosis on on children and we don't have the tool to put the, to put a diagnosis on on the child so when i work with families it's more that we need to work like with harm reduction and when you're working with a with a sugar addict you don't do harm reduction you you well i i should say i know some people work with harm reduction but I, I, uh, when I have an adult, I can kind of tell them to go cold turkey and we go from there. Yeah. But with a child, you have to adjust the food plan. And maybe you don't even have a food plan. You t- you teach them about healthy food and, and help them connect to what happens when you eat certain kind of foods, what happens in your brain, what happens in your body, and more very, very what they can be very conscious of is how they act, you know. Uh, okay, so you're, you're lying here on the floor screaming. Do you remember that you had some pasta uh, an hour or two hours ago? Do you think that might be a connection here? You know, you're feeling very bad having tantrums. Could that be connected to the food in some way, you know? Uh, so that's the way I have to to work with children or rather with the pa- parents to help them 
help their kids. Yeah. So I work with children or families that, and the, the parents come to me and ask, ask me to help their kids, but it's through their parents. I need to, to work really to give the parents the tools and the knowledge and everything. Yeah. Yeah. It seems that what, what strikes me as strange is that parents will be looking for you mm. because a lot of parents w- won't make that connection that there's a problem with sugar. No. And, you know, we're, we're so brought up, and I don't know if it's the same in Sweden, but we're so brought up that we have to treat our children, you know, give them treats, and mm. that nearly always is chocolate, sugar, sweets, Mm. ice cream, all those mm. things that really are just harming our children. But yeah. we, we're brought up. I remember when my kids were little, they didn't have any sugar. They had fruit, um, but they didn't have sweets. But my grandmother would say, oh, those poor children, they're not getting any chocolate. And and so in, eventually by the time they were two or three, they were starting to have sweets. Yeah. Initially, I didn't give them any any sweets or chocolates, and yeah. But and I, were you on your keto journey then? No. Did you know? No, you just in, no. intuitively knew that they weren't supposed to eat sugar. Yeah, yeah. Um, and even when they got a bit older, they never had sweets. I'd let them have chocolate, but I wouldn't, you know, these Haribo things, and which mm. I've never tasted in my life. I have no idea what they taste like. Um, I just thought no, sweets are not nice have chocolate and so i encourage them to have chocolate but- yeah but that's really a better a better way that's what i'm saying also if they're having something sweet it's better it's better for them to have you know like a clean chocolate than all the other stuff with a lot of uh, uh chemistry uh, uh chemicals in them yes yeah, yeah yeah and that's that was probably part of my journey is that i knew even 20 years ago that aspartame wasn't good so they never had anything with aspartame or sweeteners um i would avoid things that said colorings preserve um, e numbers so Mm. those things i was avoiding but i also trusted the labels when it said no added sugar or no (laughs) added colorings or things like that or colorings or natural flavors which I wouldn't do nowadays, but so, you know, you do the best you can with the knowledge you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what, uh, that, that's what I always say to my parents or not my parents, but the parents that I'm yeah, meeting that you, you do, <laughs> that you do, you, you, you have done what you knew or thought was best for your children. And now, you know, you have more knowledge. So now we go from there. Yeah. So, but I mean, I, my two oldest children, I have three children and uh, my two oldest, they were uh, one and three when I started recovery. And before that, I told you about my cooking (laughs) before Mm. that. Yeah. And also, I mean, I, I, it wasn't a day that they didn't have uh, sweets or treats or, you know, stuff like that. So for them, it was also a journey to my recovery was you know affecting them directly because i wasn't able to have those things at home to start with so they kind of had to to join the journey without even asking for it it, it now when i'm looking back i think it was a good thing because they were 
they were having healthy foods. But since I was, because my husband isn't eating and living like I do, so that that's really been a journey. But also for me, it wasn't only about the food. It was a way of, um, you know, I didn't I didn't know how to be a parent. I didn't know myself. I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know how to, uh, you know, I was calling my mother in the morning, telling her what what degrees it was outside, and asking her what what clothes shall I put on my kids, you know. So I that was also a journey about the food, but also about me being so confident in myself and that I was good enough uh, to take care of my kids and to help them to to grow and be the great persons that they are today Mm -hmm. so so that's really when I started doing all the research about (laughs) being a parent and the the nourishment together with the kids and everything and and gather all the information I could because I needed it you know (laughs) all of it (laughs) So, but of course, the nutrition and I, I, uh, that was really so, something that I, I, uh, it was hard to live with to start with that I had just, you know, fed them garbage from day one. And I mean, even when, when I was carrying them and breastfeeding, of course. But then my third one, she didn't have any kinds of sweet until she was four years old. Mm. Then, then her bigger uh, sibling started to help her to things. <laughs> <laughs> very kind of them yeah see I you know I, I look back and I think when my kids were little I believed that vegetarian was the way to go so they didn't have any meat for the first two years of their life okay. and now I think oh god what what did I do to their brains and their bodies by not giving them meat but you know yeah but you, you didn't don't give know them... what you don't know no exactly and I mean uh to to be i mean i i uh i'm i'm a carnivore uh of course you know i i eat meat uh and but i'm thinking if if you look at the vegetarian diet and um you see if they are really good or healthy eating they don't eat eat sugars and sweeteners and stuff either so i mean even if they didn't have meat they still didn't have the sugar either so I mean, that's better than giving them a vegetarian diet full of sugars and, and flowers and, and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Oh, they yeah. do have flowers and they have pasta, and but they they had no protein. Yeah. Because yeah. I didn't, they didn't give them beans or I didn't think about protein. I just thought no meat. Yeah, I, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's like you said, you, you do the best you 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 can with the knowledge that you have. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. what does your diet look like today? I'm I'm very keto. <laughs> very keto. Yeah, yeah. Uh I'm uh trying to eat as much red meat as I can. Uh and since we my husband is a is a dairy farmer, I we have a lot of red meat uh available. Mm-hmm. And also, um, well, uh, I I eat pork as well. I mean, meat, and we have chicken, so I eat a lot of eggs and and so on. And uh, sometimes I'm eating vegetables because my wonderful husband is growing vegetables, and he and he eats them, and I'm encouraging him to do the the work because he loves it. 
So I'm having some cub, uh, cabbage now and then, and maybe uh, tomato or some cucumber or whatever when we have it fresh in the in the in the garden. And then uh, fat, of course, I'm trying to eat as much fat as as I as I can handle. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So that's basically, and I'm not having. I'm not having all the other stuff, you know, for a while, I thought that I could eat the, uh, the keto, keto, um, uh, like cookies and bread and, and, uh, or low carb bread and, and that kind of stuff, but nope. No, you can't, can't do that. that. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's not, uh, but that's because of my addiction. And also when I'm looking now, when I know more about, uh health and you know metabolical health then i wouldn't i wouldn't want to eat it because i know what's what's in them yeah. but uh, what really made me stop it was my addiction because it was too much um it it felt it tasted too much like regular bread sure. and, yeah. and and sweets uh, sweet stuff so i uh i dropped that many years ago <laughs> yeah so you're you saying your husband doesn't eat like you? No. What about your daughter? That's at home. Uh, and no, she's not eating like me either. We had a discussion today about acne, really, uh, and about skin. And I was, you know, saying to her, I know you'll get mad at me now, but because she's having a friend that having a lot of problems with acne. And I was saying, you know, if you're eating a lot of sugar and flowers and that kinds of stuff, you will have problems with your skin and blah, 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 blah. And I can hear on, I can hear her, you know, the way she's answering. Okay. You know, <laughs> just, <laughs> she's not even opening her mouth kind of. So, but I, I am very happy because she really puts, she doesn't want me to, to put it out like that. Because she she's really in. I mean, she's looking to on uh, looking at watching YouTube videos with influencers and you know all that kinds of stuff. But when she's eating too much sweets or too much, you know, like sandwiches or flour uh, pasta or whatever, she's she's feeling ill. Yeah, and she really put the dots together like that. But it's like. I ho- hopefully when she gets even older, she will connect uh, at, at even more. Yeah. But I can I can see her, you know, eating sweets and. But I told her that I'm not buying it. Uh, if she wants it, she can have some some money, you know, earn some money, and she buys sweets and and the uh, sodas or sweet thing, sweet drinks. But I'm not buying it for her. Excellent. So yeah, that's that's how I do it. I just have to cope with. Uh, her uh, having her own journey so to say yeah yeah but that's a good way you know that's a good way you're not stopping her eating it you're just saying you do it yourself my husband is a i'm sure he's a sugar addict as well but he he eats loads of things like that i wouldn't eat but he does the shopping so he buys it all whereas if i was doing the shopping i wouldn't buy it but yeah i like that he does the shopping so i don't have to do it yeah <laughs> so i mean you have to weigh some things against each other and, yeah. and, uh, and make a decision that's the way yeah. it is so and that's sorry one of my boys who's at home he he just writes on the list what he wants and and it gets it there it appears julian will buy it for him but if it was me i wouldn't buy it but at the yeah. same time 
he's got his own journey to go and he knows what I do and he you know it's that it's up to him and if I say something like you just did to your daughter he'd roll his eyes and go oh mom <laughs> yeah yeah and I mean as far as as long as the society works this way and looks like it does today with all the sweets and treats and have this and have that and you know everything the only way that I can really do good is to be good myself you know eat the way I'm eating keep keep treading my 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 way of living and and showing that I'm feeling well I'm I'm enjoying my life I'm living today I'm not just surviving I mean there are so many things that uh yeah like we talked about there there are miracles in my life today I mean just waking up for me is a miracle Mm. and enjoying my body uh, making decisions that I'm I want to put my my children first and to stay I mean um every day I'm I'm uh, I'm trying to have some time together with my my daughter my teenage daughter who's living at home and and take time to stay in contact with my two oldest children who doesn't live at home anymore but I mean those things are important to me and if if I wouldn't have been in in recovery and living this this way, eating this way and and living this way, uh, everything would have been you know circling around eating, not eating. How much do I weigh? How can I lose weight? How can I? I mean, so being able to make conscious decisions and follow through for me that's. That's that's another miracle, really, because it yeah. feels like I'm in charge of my life today. And I was just, you know, oh, you know, like swirling around. Oh, I do this for a while and then I do that for a while. And then I but now it feels uh, more like my I, I'm having a direction in my life. Yeah. Which I didn't have. Yeah. And it's like you're in control and you can choose what you want yeah. to do. Yeah. Whereas before, I don't know. I, I don't consider myself a sugar addict, but it was more, I felt like I couldn't do stuff. I had no motivation. I had no willpower. Mm. I couldn't make good choices. And mm. and that was just a mental fog, I think, that you yeah. just feel like yeah. you can't do it. And because you can't control your food, that leaks out into every area of your life in that you you yeah. can't do stuff or you feel like you can't do stuff. But when you can do it, it's like, oh, I can now. I can yeah. choose. Yeah. Yeah. But also, I mean, the the focus is you have the nutrition into yourself. I mean, when you're eating keto and, and eating red meat and, and good food and everything, you're having your your brain is having energy and nutrition, real mm-hmm. nutrition. And then you you can thrive. I mean, really getting into your 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 bliss point I, I it's a, it's the wrong word to to use but I mean it's really uh, the energy and the focus and everything I I think that the that was one of the most powerful things that I learned that when I cut when I cut out flowers and sugars that I I wanted to live you know from being suicidal, changing my diet, and putting just cutting carbs and 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 sugars, and realizing what that did to my mental health. Yeah, I mean it does affect every area, every 
every cell in our bodies is affected by what you eat. Yeah. So you can actually eat power fuel. <laughs> when yes. you do that, you have yeah, the yeah. power and the and the energy. So yeah, that's that wonderful. Yeah. I'm convinced that we see so much mental health and I have, you know, I have no basis for this. I just I just feel it within inside me that we see so much mental health issues around and I am just convinced it's because of the fake foods, the food-like substances that people eat, the yeah, rubbish yeah. foods. Yeah. And if they just cut those out, I think mental health would not be such an issue that it is today. No, you're absolutely right. I don't know if you've heard about uh, Dr. Georgia Eady. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she, I mean, she did some research, research showing that that uh, a keto diet is really beneficial for mental health issues. Yeah. Uh, I don't know exactly the numbers and so on, but I, I'm sure that eating eating keto, uh, low carb, if you want to say, but but really keto, you know, uh, using ketones as your fuel is very mm-hmm. beneficial for your mental health. Yeah. I'm yeah, sure I met her at the PHC conference. I had a chat with her in May and mm, yeah, she said she would come on the podcast, but we're still waiting. <laughs> yeah, I think she's a, she's a busy she's woman. Very busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you do some work with um, breathing and red light therapy. Can we touch on those and can you explain a little bit about how that works and how you help people? Yeah, I'm doing the red light therapy. I just started myself, actually. I bought a lamp and, and read a book. So I'm, I'm just, you know, scratching the surface there. But I'm eager to get to learn more because uh, I'm 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 all, I almost sound religious when I'm talking about it. But I bought the lamp and got it home and uh, I used it for, I think, 20 to 30 minutes, two days in a row. And usually when I'm uh, when I'm rising, when I've been driving my car and I'm getting out of the car, I'm like, you know, uh, I feel stiff, you know, a mm-hmm. bit. I mean, yeah. I am 45. I'm not 25 anymore. <laughs> so but after those two mornings when I've been sitting in front of the lamp, I was, you know, getting out of the car and realizing I was just moving, you know. Oh, so it did something to my muscles. And actually, I got my husband to sit in front of the lamp as well. And he was saying. I really enjoy it, you know, because I I feel so warm from inside when I'm sitting in front of the lamp. So something is happening and I'm eager to get to know more because that affects it also affects all your body. Like like the food we are eating. This is something even uh, even more uh, to get even more health into our lives. So it's really exciting. Yeah, I'm excited about the lamp. (laughs) (laughs) What size lamp have you got? I've got uh, uh, a big one, not uh, not like uh, uh, well, how maybe it's one 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 hundred centimeters high or something, and then thirty centimeters uh, wide. wide, yeah. yeah. And uh, well, it was one of the bigger ones that they had because I and I, I was using my my spare my savings, you know, to buy it because I was so I was just you know this is something I need to get more uh, more into and and learn more and try it, you know, because I really believe in it. And what what are you expecting? I mean, <clears throat> you've noticed even in two days, but what are you expecting long term to happen? Uh, to be really honest with you, I'm. I'm looking to um, making my immune system even better because I I started to work in um, 
in an outlet store about a year ago because of the world's uh, situation. I needed to go to work outside the farm uh, and with other things. So from then on, uh, the last two months, I've I've caught colds and I get really uh, not really sick. You know, it all depends on how you look on it. But I had to stay home from work, mm. and that's the. I mean, when I start when I started my journey and cut out the carbs and, and sugar and everything, I never I I never get ill. You know, I don't I don't ever get ill. <laughs> Yeah. I know my 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 daughter. She was saying that as well. But mom, you're caring. You're caring for us when we are getting ill, and sometimes we're throwing up, and sometimes we're having fevers and coughing and everything. And you don't ever get ill. And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> I don't. But now those last two months, and and it kind of scared me, you know. And it, it feels like I want to uh, do everything I can to. Well, not scared me, but I want to do everything that I can to to stay healthy and to give my body what it needs. And also because I know when I was, uh, when I wasn't in recovery, I uh, almost always every, you know, winter when we don't have the sun here in Sweden as much, yeah. the, the it's getting dark by uh, 3 p.m. or something, uh, then I'm not feeling well. That's also when my depression's, uh, in my uh, earlier years arrived you know when we didn't have the light yeah so I think it's a really good thing and I can really I can really long for sitting in front of my lamp so I'm really happy that I that I bought it excellent yeah, yeah. look forward to hearing more about that yeah yeah we'll have an update <laughs> <laughs> yeah but also the breathing and the breathing yeah so I'm a breathing instructor in conscious breathing and I'm using that to help my, that, that's one of the most powerful tools that I can give my clients, which isn't expensive and you always have it with you. But the thing is that when you are, if you are an over breather, you're breathing too much, which almost everyone does. Mm -hmm. um, your pH is rising in your body. And the way that the, the only way that my body and my brain knew to lower the, the pH is to eat something that lowers it, which is carbs and sugar. So when you eat that, you lower the pH and then you keep over breathing and your pH rise and you crave sugar and carbs and you eat that and then you lower the the pH and then you overbreathe and you rise the pH and that's the merry go round with the breathing. Mm. And that's only one small part. But if you're having a craving, I mean us addicts, we have cravings uh, like any other addict. And that that's really that's a powerful tool that you can use for uh for breaking your craving or for being able to to get through it, so to say. That's one of the tools that you can use. So is there and, a simple breath you could tell the listeners now that they could? Uh, you could do an exercise, actually. We have the breathing anchor that when you, uh, it doesn't matter where you are, actually. But the most important thing is that you breathe through your nose mm -hmm. and you breathe with your belly. Often you, we talk about big breaths, but it's supposed to be a deep breath, you know, down in your belly. 
and you kind of anchor you kind of get conscious of where you are standing or sitting or whatever you do and then you breathe in and you count for okay say two or three and then you breathe out also through your nose nose and you count to four or six depending on how much you were breathing in for yeah and you do that for a couple of minutes and then you will relax because when you are breathing out you are in the sympathetic sympathetic no parasympathetic nervous system i always mix those two words yeah <laughs> but that's the the rest and digest when you are breathing out you are in rest and digest so if you are prolonging your out breath especially through your nose using your diaphragm you will lower your stress immediately yep and you can also do a test if you are uh, if you can feel your pulse on your on your hand or below your your cheek somewhere you can count your uh, your heartbeats that when you're breathing in you can feel that your heart is beating faster than when you're breathing out yeah yeah so that's really and i mean you can do it now if you want to while you're listening or whatever and you everyone does the same so i mean that's really a uh, uh, kind of proof that when you are breathing out you are in rest and digest so that's where we want to be yeah and also if you're uh, going on a walk you can also do the counting uh, counting step be sure that you breathe through your nose and uh, uh, you know count breathe in for two or three steps and then you you breathe out for double or as long as you can so that's one two two easy exercises that that you can use yeah yeah Great. yeah i mean we we also as a primal health coach we also do um talk about box breathing so breathe in yeah. for two or three well, I think it's four actually. Breathe in for four, hold for four, out for four, hold for four, in for mm. four, out, hold for four, out. So you just do that as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's also a way of, of calming your your brain. But in this conscious breathing concept, it's very much about prolonging your out breath uh, to make sure that that's, that's longer, that's longer than, than your, your in yeah. breath. But I mean, breath, uh, to use your breath to be conscious about your body, your breathing, your surroundings, whatever. Use your breath. You always have it with you. So it's a wonderful tool to use to yeah. stay in contact and to ground yourself, really. Yeah. Yeah. And there's lots of people that breathe through their mouth. And then yeah, there's lots of things going on when you breathe through your mouth. We should be breathing through our noses. But yeah. Um, you know, just trying to keep your mouth closed, sometimes taping it up, especially at night, taping it so that you are breathing through your nose. You yeah. do get better at nose breathing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm also, I've been taping my mouth for many years now. And for many people, that's, that's uh, the key to sleeping well. They can't sleep with, without the tape. So, mm. yeah. And some, it, it, it doesn't look very sexy, but it's very good. <laughs> Yeah, I go through phases of remembering to do it and then phases when I forget. Yeah, yeah. Then I come back to it. It's still, the tape is beside my bed all the time, but I don't always remember. Yeah, but sometimes, I mean, I I can, if I've been taping my mouth for a long time, like you said, maybe I, I've forgotten about it in a while. But then I, I realize when, I, when I'm waking up, if my mouth is dry or maybe if I'm if I've been drooling, you know, then I realize, oh, it's time to to use the tape again. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, 
Annika, is there anything else that you wanted to speak about today? Um, I think we've covered so many things. Yeah. Uh, it's nothing that I can remember. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. So um, can you tell people how they can get in contact with you? Because I think if people are interested, you, you'd still work um, with people internationally. And, you know, if somebody feels like they resonate with you, they wanted to get in contact with you, how can they do that? And they can tell them about your YouTube channel as well. Yes, yes, I'm 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 all over. <laughs> no, but me if you if you um, look for Annik Esterand Beishmit uh in Instagram, in Facebook and LinkedIn and also my YouTube channel is Annik Esterand Beishmit. Uh so that's where you can where you can find me all those uh, media channels. And uh, I think you will put out uh an email as well, or you can find it on my on my website, annikastrandbeschmidt.com. Okay. And so, yeah. Um let me just I don't think I've got it here handy. Um yeah, I think rather than spelling it out on the um on the podcast, I think if people just go to the show notes and there'll be a link um to your yeah. website. And if it's not on the podcast show notes, they can definitely go to our webpage and it would definitely be there. Yeah, great, great. So we always finish off with your three top tips. What would you tell people? Oh, my top tips. I think that the first one is to take action, to to really do things. Because I, for so many years before I really really started changing my life, I was trying to think my way into a new way of living. I was reading books. I was sitting on my in my cham chamber doing nothing. But it wasn't until I really used all the tools that I was reading about and getting tips about that my life was changing. So mm. if you do what you've always done, you'll have the same results as you always had. It's, yeah. a, it's a classic one. So, but my second one would be to have a, uh, what I call a recovery squad to go to, when you need it because uh, and especially in in recovery you need other people who are on the same journey mm. you need support and I mean uh, if I would say to my my beloved husband that I'm having a craving he would like oh what would you like to eat you know because mm. he doesn't understand the craving yeah. so I have to call someone who knows what I'm talking about and that I feel safe with and and uh, yeah that's my uh that's my second uh tip and uh, my third one would be not to take yourself too seriously uh i'm i'm a serious person and uh um i've been too serious with myself i think and that made me kind of self-centered it, it felt like i was the center of the world not in the in a good way it was like i was carrying the world i had to take care of everyone and so on but when I learned that I'm not the center of the world and I'm able to laugh at myself in a good way, not yeah. humiliating myself, but making having fun, you know, not being too serious about myself. Yeah. So that's that's the third one. Yeah, I like that. I don't think anyone's ever said that. Before. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's true. You do have to 
just enjoy life and there's too many too much serious stuff going on and sometimes you need to get away from that yeah yeah we need a good laugh sometimes yeah every day <laughs> yes definitely yeah excellent annika thank you so much for being with me today well thank you for having me i really enjoyed it It would be great if you could support us through Patreon. Go to patreon.com forward slash fabulously keto and you can choose the monthly amount you wish. Can you recommend a guest we can interview? If you can, click on the link in the show notes to send us your recommendation. Would you like to join our Facebook group? Search for Fabulously Keto on Facebook. Our Facebook page is called Fabulously Keto and you can follow us there. Or you can follow us on Twitter. Our handle is Fabulously Keto. Or follow us on Instagram, Fabulously Keto 1. Did you enjoy the show? Let us know you listened by tagging us in your Insta story or Instagram post using the handle Fabulously Keto 1 and the hashtag TFKP. All the links are on the website and in the show notes. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast, click the subscribe button. Reviews help us to be found and reach new listeners. Please leave a review of our show on your preferred podcast listening platform. We appreciate you taking the time and read them all. Disclaimer. The information in this podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Nothing in this podcast can be taken as advice. Whether our guests are doctors, healthcare professionals or not, they're only sharing their own opinions and stories, and this does not constitute a doctor-patient relationship. It's always best to seek professional medical advice should you wish to make any changes to your current medication or treatments. Also speak to your own doctor if you have any concerns about your health or you wish to make lifestyle changes, especially if you're taking medication. <laughs>